at verse 24. Verse 24, and we'll read down through verse 38. But woe unto you that are rich, for ye have received your consolation. Woe unto you that are full, for ye shall hunger. Woe unto you that laugh now, for ye shall mourn and weep. Woe unto you when all men speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the prophets. But I say unto you, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you, bless them which curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. And to him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat. Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if ye do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also even do the same. And if ye lend to them of whom ye have hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive much again. Verse 35, But love your enemies, and do good, and lend hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive and ye shall be forgiven. Verse 38, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. Let's pray. Father, These are powerful verses. I pray you'd help us to see the common thread weaving all these uh, different things together and that you'd teach us one simple truth this evening and encourage us in the matter so that we could be more like thee. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. When you first read the verses that we read, it seems as though these are all different situations. It seems as though the Lord bounces from one subject to another subject to another subject to another subject to another illustration. But I want to draw your attention to a very simple truth tonight. I don't think I'll be long tonight. I might even be embarrassingly simple. But I want you to catch the one thread that the Lord was weaving through all of these verses and how all of these verses are different illustrations and applications of, a, of the same truth. So our text verse, verse 38, Give, and it shall be given unto you. And so the simple message tonight is give, and it shall be given. Give, 
and it shall be given. <clears throat> I could preach on that verse for an hour, but that's not the, the point of the message tonight. I want you to notice that this verse ended with giving. And then look back at verse 24, where we started. The Bible says, but woe unto you that are rich. So we start with rich, we end with giving. But I want you to draw a line with me mentally as we go through this. I want to show you that the Lord pronounces judgment on those who are rich but don't give. And then all through this portion of Scripture, it's different illustrations and applications of giving. Giving. God pays attention to what we give. God pays attention to what we don't give. And the sad fact is that most of us give the things we should keep to ourselves, and we keep to ourselves the things we should give. Think about this. How many words did we say this week that we just should have kept to ourselves? <laughs> I mean, they didn't need to be said. They shouldn't have been said. It would have been just better off if we'd kept them to ourselves. But then on the other side, I want you to think about how many words should we have said that we didn't give, that we kept to ourselves. So we say the unkind thing, but we have a nice thought about someone and we never voice it. We have gratitude about something, but we never say it. So we're giving words we shouldn't and keeping words we should have given. You know, a wife makes a meal. How was the meal? Well, a little salty. That's all you got. <laughs> you, know, you know, sometimes guys are thick-headed. That's all you got? Wife's been in the kitchen for an hour. That's all you got? You know, now I'm in tune to that because with my wife being sick, my mother-in-law helps cook some meals, thankfully, uh, and then I, I cook some meals. But now that when you cook a nice meal, it's nice to hear, you know, hey, this is edible. <laughs> you know, I feel like this isn't going to make me nauseous. You know, just anything nice would be uh, appropriate. But um, that needs a little salt. But you don't say thank you for the meal. I mean, that's, that's the one thing we say. And so all too often, we give what we should keep, and we keep what we should give. Now, we talked about this morning that God wants His people to be generous. He's a generous God. He wants us to be a generous people. And, and Christians always get hung up on money, I think, because we're Americans and, and money's a big deal and materialism is, is a big thing in America. But there's so much more to this idea of generosity and having a giving spirit than finances and materials. And what we see here is the Lord giving us many illustrations. So the idea is give, but let's look through this portion of Scripture and see what the Lord tells us to give or not to give. So in verse 24, he pronounces woe on the rich. Woe unto you that are rich, for you have your consolation. You have your reward. Go ahead, stingy rich people. Live it up. You got all you're going to get. Now, we know from the Scripture being rich isn't a problem. There's been 
wonderful, wealthy Christian men and women through the years. Uh, we need more of them, quite honestly. The devil seems to have all the money nowadays. <laughs> He's always got all the money. But um, it seems like God gives it to us. He makes us work for it. Amen. It keeps us humble, keeps us, keeps us in, in prayer mode and, and uh, grows our faith. Uh, but, hey, go ahead and live it up, Bill Gates. Making fun of God, working against God, all this crazy stuff going on. Go ahead and live it up. Bezos, almost a trillionaire, making fun of God. I mean, just all the people that, that they have what the world says. Man, you're rich, but God says, you're rich, but you're stingy. You have all you're ever going to get. And the Bible says there are rewards for people who are rich, and they can earn eternal rewards for their generosity. Amen. But woe unto you that are only rich. For you have your consolation. We see another woe in verse 25. Woe unto you that are full, for ye shall hunger. I don't think in the, in the context here, I don't think the problem is just being full. I think the problem is being full and not caring about the plight of others. Then he says, woe unto you that laugh now. Is there a problem with laughing? Is laughing sinful? Oh, matter of fact, merry heart's like a medicine. It's good to laugh. But what's the problem here? It's people who are laughing now, perhaps at the expense of others or for the wrong reasons. You see, the woe here is pronounced. Verse 26, Woe unto you when men shall speak well of you, for so did their prophets, so did their fathers to the prophets. I believe this is speaking of this is false prophets. Thank you. I believe this is speaking about flattery. It's not just speaking well of anybody. You're supposed to speak well of people. It's when people speak well of you to flatter you. We talked about the sin of flattery and beware of flattery a few months ago. Flattery is telling someone something that they want to hear or something nice with an ulterior motive. They're giving something, but it's not genuine. They should have kept it to themselves. And, and we said about flattery, be careful when people flatter, flatter you because they're probably getting ready to stab you in the back. That's what he said here. Oh, they speak well of you like they did, like your fathers did to the false prophets. Verse 27. But I say unto you which hear. So he's saying, listen, those of you that are listening to me, I'm saying unto you, or I'm teaching you a different way, love your what? Enemies. Enemies. When he says love, that's an action word. We could say, give love to your enemies. Well, they don't deserve it. They don't. But give them love. Well, I want to give them a knuckle sandwich. No, give them love. Then he says, do good to them that hate you. What? What? So give your enemies love and give your, the people that hate you, bless them. Do good for them. Give them your time. Give them your effort. What? He goes on to say, bless them which curse you. What's blessing? Give them praise. Give them encouragement. Give them good words. I mean, they're cursing you. But God says, 
I don't want you to give them a curse back. See, they're giving you something that they should have kept themselves, but I want you to give them the right thing in return. Then he goes on to say, and pray for them which despitefully use you. Think about that phrase, despitefully use you. How many of you would like to be despitefully used this week? (laughs) It's a terrible thing to be despitefully used. But what does God say? Give them prayer. Take their name to the Creator and ask God for things on their behalf. Now that just kind of goes against everything within us, doesn't it? You curse me, I'll curse you. You hate me, I'll hate you. You hurt me, I'll hurt you worse. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. I want you to give them something different. Look at verse 29. And to him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, what's the next word? Offer. Or the word give. Offer also the other. Or give them your other cheek. And him that taketh away thy cloak or thy coat, forbid not to take thy coat also. So like I, I came in this morning, this evening I had an overcoat, I have a suit coat, I have a shirt. So the cloak would be like the overcoat, the coat would be like the suit coat. So if they take one, I'm going to offer the other two. Well, that doesn't make any sense unless you're looking at it supernaturally. Look at verse 31. And as ye would that men should do unto you, do ye also unto them likewise. So how should I treat people? I'm going to think about how I want people to treat me, and then I'm going to give them that treatment. Look at verse 32. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have you? And then he's talking through. He said, okay, why, why should I, I, I love those that my enemies? And he, he begins to tell you why. If you love them that love you, what thank have you? It's nothing supernatural. It's nothing laudable to just love people that love you. But boy, it's different if you love your enemies. What thank have ye? Uh, for sinners also love those that love them. Verse 33, and if you do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. The most selfish of us, the most sinful of us will do the tit for tat situation. You give me, I'll give to you. You scratch my back, I scratch you. But Jesus says, I want you to give in a supernatural way, even what people don't deserve. Look at verse 34. And if ye lend to them with whom ye have hope to receive, what thank have you? So now we have the future benefit. So I might be nice to you if I'm hoping for you to be nice to me in the future. Uh, a lot of giving is really rooted in selfishness. See, we, we buy what is selfishly, and then all too often we give selfishly. Verse 34, for sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. Verse 35, he says again, but love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. So we're going to give and we're going to give love. We're going to give our effort. We're going to give good works. 
without thought of return. So this is an agape love. See, now we're getting into the supernatural part of this here. God's love, agape love, says I'm going to sacrifice for the benefit of someone else without thought of return. And this is the kind of giving that Jesus is talking about. So rather than giving from a place of selfishness, we're giving from a place of sacrificial love. Verse 35, Beloved your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, not from your enemies, not from the people despitefully using you, but from the Lord. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and the evil. Be ye therefore merciful as your Father in heaven is merciful. So God's saying, look, if you want to be like God, Jesus is saying, if you want to be like God, you're going to have to be kind and merciful to wicked people Amen. and to the unthankful. You're going to have to be generous to unthankful people. If you want to be like God, you're going to have to give love to people that hate you. You're going to have to pray for people that despitefully use you. Because this is what God does. Verse 36, be ye therefore merciful. So why should I give mercy to people that don't deserve mercy? Because that's what God does. Why should I give love to people that don't deserve love? Because that's what God does. See, now we're getting into the supernatural stuff. Verse 37, judge not and ye shall not be judged. So we know the word judge is one of the most misused verses in the Bible. Sometimes you point out something somebody's doing wrong, they'll be like, don't judge me. <laughs> it's like pointing out somebody doing something foolish is not judging. It's pointing out somebody doing something foolish. All right, sometimes you, you talk about somebody's sin or you preach on sin, they'll say, well, he just, you're just judging me. And I often say, no, I'm just telling you what the judge already said. It's not me judging you. I'm just telling you what the judge said. But the, the judging comes from assigning motive. You're assigning motive to someone's actions. Now the truth is you're not in their brain. They may have done wrong, but I don't know exactly why they did wrong. But sometimes we will point out somebody's wrong and then just declare a motive as if we were God in their heart. Well, they did this because they're this and they, they think this and... Whoa, whoa, all you can say factually is they did this. That's not judging. If you say they did this because they hate me and they're trying to hurt me, that's judging. See the difference? Judge not and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not and ye shall not be condemned. So condemnation is pronouncing, uh, pronouncing judgment upon people. Uh, this is where we talk about being judge, jury, and executioner. You know, somebody does something wrong, we're the judge, we're the jury, and we're willing to execute them in Jesus' name. <laughs> you know, this is a scorner, the attitude of a scorner. They have discernment, but it's discernment for the wrong motives in the wrong way for the wrong reasons. But, but notice this. 
If we want to be like God, we have to give love to people who don't deserve it. We have to do good to people who don't deserve it. We have to lend to people who don't deserve it. We have to be kind to the unthankful and the evil. But what do we do? We typically judge. God says, stop doing that. We typically condemn. We give condemnation. We give judgment. God says, no, don't give judgment. Don't give condemnation. Give love. And then look what he says. Give forgiveness. Forgive and you shall be forgiven. Now, there's a, we won't take time to look at any other verses tonight other than this passage of Scripture. But boy, you can go through. The Bible says God has prepared scornings for the scorner. Uh, the Bible talks about that he's prepared judgment for those who pronounce judgment. When the Bible says, judge not that you be not judged, it's not just that other people won't judge you harshly. It's that God won't judge you harshly. Here's a thought. How would you like God to treat you like you've been treating other people? I'd rather God treat me like he does. And God says, judge not, and you won't be judged. Condemn not, and you won't be condemned. Forgive, and you'll be forgiven. What's God saying? I'm going to let you decide, in some measure, how I respond to you. I always respond to you from a basis of 